0: Looks like some kind of insect. A bee? Bees, Scotty. Killer bees.
1: Are you endowing these bees with human motives?
0: Do you have any idea what those bees can do? The honeybee is vital to
1: the environment. Oh, no, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Ah!
0: killer bees this
1: is not a wu-tang podcast
0: no this is a podcast where we profile b-movie and genre film icons my
1: name is garrett smith
0: and my name is tori potenza
1: we can be found everywhere on the internet at killer bees podcast that's killer bs podcast on instagram twitter facebook and at gmail.com. please send us an email tell us what you're thinking tell us who you want us to talk more about Tell us some movies we missed from people we've already talked about that trying we to need remember to catch up with.
0: I've actually checked our email at all. Oh, you should do
1: that sometime. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe we got some Maybe we got some hot stuff in there.
0: Like, now that I think about it, I don't know if that's a thing I ever checked.
1: You should try logging into that sometime.
0: <laughs> yep, noted. Give it a shot.
1: Uh, we're also a part of uh, the Movie John podcast network. We can be found on MovieJohn.com. That's the yeah. Philadelphia John, J-A-W-N. And today, we are talking about... Karen Black.
0: Yeah, so this is uh, part one of two, uh, since she has a pretty uh, lengthy career. Yes, yeah. Uh, but before we talk about her, are there any movies we watched that you would like to talk about?
1: Oh, by the way, I forgot to say our artwork is by Alex Schneider, and our music is by Christian Rayburn and her partner, Pat. There we go. <laughs> Uh, I mean, one thing that I guess we don't have to put a ton of time into it, but we did watch Halloween Kills, as it seems like the rest <laughs> of the horror community did. Yeah, and uh, which,
0: like, I guess, like, I keep seeing like how well it has done yeah. as far as box office right. stuff goes, which is cool for like horror fans for, in sure. general. But yeah. I thought this movie sucked <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I,
1: we definitely fall in the camp of like I did not enjoy that this movie. Yeah,
0: pretty garbage. And
1: uh, I don't know. I mean, no, no hate to anybody that did. I saw like I saw Simon Barrett today. So that he really liked this movie like there are Simon. people yeah there are people who like this movie yeah um I was not one of them. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah. I, I just, I don't, I, I know this is a dumb thing to say about a slasher movie. Cause I usually, I just kind of love them all, but like it, it didn't make any sense to me. It was a no. movie that I, I didn't <laughs> understand really.
0: That SpongeBob meme I sent you today yeah. made me laugh so hard. Cause it did just feel like so much like, yeah, it's like, come on, we're going to teach you a lesson, old man. And yeah. just the whole town like tries to beat up Michael. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, every time they said evil dies tonight, I felt like I wanted to, like, cringe laugh, you know? I was like, what, is this a joke? What is happening?
1: Our friend Andy, who writes for Movie John, tweeted, like, uh, if you imagine Danny McBride telling you his dream Halloween sequel out loud, like, a little bit drunk, you can, like, understand how this movie is what it yeah. is. Because, like, I can hear him being like, evil Josh tonight, you know, like, yeah. doing his, like, I don't know, it like, that also that makes sense. my
0: big complaint about the movie is that you spend way too much time at some dive bar, which, uh, with a bunch of old people in a town, and I, like, just don't care that much about fucking, like, Haddonfield townies. <laughs> I cannot believe
1: there's a middle-aged slam poetry sequence that goes oh, on for, like, 15 my minutes. Oh,
0: God. I was like, why am I watching a small-town talent show? That sounds like the worst possible thing yeah. ever. <laughs> yeah.
1: I think this is why some people like this movie, by the way. I think some people think it's, like, totally, like, absurd on its face, you know?
0: I mean, it just, like, it it felt like with the first Halloween, there was some fun comedy that like I thought worked well with everything else that was going on this one felt like it was taking itself very seriously and like even though it felt like I'm like is this supposed to be funny everyone was playing it straight enough where I was like I don't feel like it like even like I liked him in it but even having Jim Cummings in it and have him like not be doing his over the cop thing seemed like a little weird because he's that's his shtick you know. I don't know if
1: you meant to do this but I really like uh, sort of paraphrasing what Jim Cummings does as an actor, um, as over the, cop. over
0: the cop, is that what I said? You said over the cop, you
1: meant say over the top cop, but I think it can be paraphrased as the thing he does in movies is over the cop.
0: I, I mean, that's it though, that, yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, uh,
1: yeah, so anyway, I just figured, you know, yeah. everybody's talking about that movie, and yeah, we just it yeah. didn't work for us. I
0: mean, I I feel like I enjoy hating it, which is fun. That's <laughs> yeah. always a good one to find when you like are like, oh, I hate this, but I like how much I hate this. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, and I'll be talking, I'll, as far as this is, whenever this gets posted, I will have recorded an episode about Halloween Kills with uh, Pretty Wild Things podcasts who are really great. Uh, I was on an episode uh, to talk about May a few months back, so definitely check that out if you're listening so you can hear me complain more. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. Uh yeah I don't know I feel like most of the other stuff I've watched like I've watched stuff that like oh you know what we could talk about Dreamhouse I guess that's like a movie oh yeah Dreamhouse was cool yeah. I liked it um, people have been telling me about this movie for years it is currently on Shutter if uh, people want to give it a shot um it's a Japanese movie from like 2000 like seven or eight mm-hmm. I think um, which is actually ends up being important to the plot of the movie which I thought was funny um and uh, I don't know how to describe it other than just like it it's uh it. It's a horror movie about how life is literally uh unaffordable.
0: Yeah. And I I related. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. I related very hard to it. It's yeah. um it's very gruesome but in like kind of like fun creative ways.
0: Yeah, the gore is pretty pretty great. I was like a big fan of it. Like yeah. I thought the kills were really creative yeah. and uh and it was just like kind of funny in how it handled a lot of it.
1: Yes, and and like and in the end especially it has like kind of a great punchline yeah. that made the whole thing kind of like feel like, a, Oh yeah, this is like, yeah, it, it's playing in a particular tone that I thought was like pretty fun and funny yeah. overall. Uh, yeah. I was, I was pretty in a dream house. It, it was maybe a little oversold to me, but I, I did really, I liked it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I also want to quickly mention, I watched for a, uh, ending my night stream film festival experience this year i watched uh, a movie called poser uh that i really really enjoyed it's like about the underground music scene i think in chicago okay but like uh it's also kind of like a thriller which is fun uh is fun. you're like following this like protagonist who like is kind of this like outsider that wants to be a part of the scene and like kind of this like obsessive relationship begins with a lead singer it's like kind of interesting and i I dug it and i also discovered a new like kind of like dance uh band that i like a lot uh called they're called damn the witch siren okay uh and like so the lead singer of that is like in the movie playing herself Oh, cool. uh but like their music's really awesome and fun so it was also cool to be like "Ah, i found a new band i liked out of this movie
1: yeah i uh i feel like i like the day you watched it i started seeing other people like writing yeah. about it and and it seemed pretty interesting yeah
0: it was uh it was pretty cool
1: yeah sounds cool yeah i want to see it
0: uh so should we talk about want
1: to dive into carol black? black yeah
0: uh there are my notes. Great. Uh so yes, Karen Black uh has 204 acting credits according to IMDb and seven writing credits. Um I found two like shorter quotes from her both of which I like just as far as like her uh her trajectory in acting career. Um one of them is uh if you can write it, I can be it, which I just think is a cool like, hell yeah. yeah and that is, like,
1: spot on. Yeah. That is, I think, probably what we'll talk about most yeah. is her kind of flexibility as an actress.
0: As well as, I love playing strong women, even if they're not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Also, Seems like that correct. is also a thing that... yeah. Kind of increasingly happens the you know, the longer her career goes on.
0: Uh and we're gonna talk about her career through the eighties, uh today. Um and then do nineties, uh till I think she died in twenty thirteen. Uh so yeah, we'll go up to there. Okay. Um Yes, so uh Karen Black was born July first, nineteen thirty nine in Park Ridge, Illinois. Um she went to Northwestern University uh, for two years and then studied under Lee Strasberg in New York
1: okay.
0: uh, and worked on a number of off-Broadway roles. Okay. Uh, Karen Black was married four times All right. uh, because uh, it sounds like she had a difficult relationship with her father and uh, got married when she was 15 years old and uh, just kind of like ran wow. away from the, their home and yeah. everything, uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, yeah so like you know they were because that was like the 50s they were saying even by like 50s standards it was like kind of weird for her to uh,
1: yeah that's still like a, a black sheep move yeah
0: and then they, the, they said, too, like, uh, like her timeline is kind of hazy because she, like, lied about her age when she went to Hollywood in 1966, at one point claiming to be 22 instead uh. of 27, and then uh, didn't acknowledge her first marriage or her past residence. So there's, like, a lot of interesting stuff about uh, her kind of backstory as well. Okay. um. She is also, was a singer um, and was on the soundtrack for many of her roles, including a movie that we watched we'll talk about called The Picks. Oh,
1: that's interesting because I actually thought the music was one of the more interesting aspects of The Picks. Um,
0: So, yeah, like, because it is like this woman's kind of like melodic voice in a lot of different scenes. And so all of that was her.
1: No shit. Yeah. Okay. That was like some of the best stuff in that movie. Yeah.
0: It was pretty cool. Um, So, yeah. Uh... Her career in uh, TV and film starts in the 60s, she did mostly TV in the 60s, okay. uh, like, random stuff. One of them was Adam 12, which I love to mention just because it's such a funny, like, cop show that I used to watch occasionally when I was, like, working, like, two days a week.
1: I don't even know Adam 12, I don't think. I think you've told me about yeah. it, but I, I don't, I'm not sure It was just familiar. on
0: whatever that channel is that plays, like, oldies all day uh, okay. with, like, McHale's Navy and stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. it was just, like, one of the rotating TV shows. Land, maybe? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, in 1960, her first film was the prime time about a bored young girl looking for excitement who gets involved with nude modeling drugs in a rock band. Okay. You know, typical teenage rebellion stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, yep. Um, Especially nineteen sixty. 1960s. That's probably <laughs> like, uh, marketed as a horror movie. Yeah. You know
0: what I mean? Yeah. Just like nude modeling. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and then in 1966, she gets her first big film role, which was You're a Big Boy Now, directed by Francis Ford Coppola.
1: I'm not even aware of this Coppola movie. That's so interesting. Yeah, I
0: had not heard of it either. Um, but yeah, she... Like, she's in, like, a lot of random stuff. Like, she's do- she does a fair amount of drama and romance and stuff. So, I, like, cut a lot of that uh, just because it was, like, stuff that didn't seem totally relevant to... But uh... Torn is
1: in this movie. There's yeah. like, yeah, okay, interesting.
0: Yeah, she's uh, worked with some interesting directors, it seems like. Um, and I, I feel like later in her career, she worked with, like, a fair amount of female directors. So, I'm excited to talk about that at a later date as well. Yeah.
1: Um, I think maybe this was a TV movie. It's, oh, okay. It's rated TVMA, yeah. which makes me think TV movie. That makes sense. Yeah. That's so interesting. Uh,
0: in 1969, she was in a mystery called Hard Contact, which is a funny. Yeah,
1: great title. What does Love that it. mean?
0: Uh, and then she was in Easy Rider, which was directed by Dennis Hopper uh, with Jack Nicholson and Peter Fonda. Oh,
1: that's so interesting. That makes sense to me that yeah. she would be in that movie. She feels like she would fit into that. That's like a movie about hippie culture and stuff. Yeah. Um, I, but I don't remember. I mean, I saw that movie when I was in high school, I think.
0: Yeah. And she was like uh, like pretty good friends with Peter Fonda. I think they were like lifetime friends. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, then we get to her career in the 70s. Uh so in 1970, she uh was in the film Five Easy Pieces, directed by Jack Nicholson. Oh wow. Um, and then in nineteen seventy one she was in Drive, he said, also directed by Jack Nicholson. No so way. uh yeah, it's it's interesting to think of him as a director. Uh but I feel like we've come across this a couple different times, uh, on our episodes.
1: Yeah. I think, um, five easy pieces stars him. I don't know that he directed that. Oh, one. really? Yeah. Yeah. But, but you're right. He did direct, um,
0: Oh yeah. Starring. That's what I meant.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He did direct drive. He said, um, and, and and by the way, was like just kind of always the creative force behind stuff he was in in this period. Yeah, anyway.
0: it's pretty interesting <laughs> yeah. just because that's like not how I think about him as an But I also like don't know a ton about his early acting career besides just the stuff we've kind of mentioned. I, know, I, I only started getting <clears throat> into some of
1: that stuff like, like this year, really. Yeah. And it is interesting. He was like almost like a counterculture auteur. Yeah. Um, which is like not how, you know, I know him. Yeah. In my lifetime. Because
0: we talked about him with like uh, Harry Dean Stanton. Yeah. Because uh, he
1: did a bunch of Monty Hellman movies with yes, him. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I think he and Jack Nicholson lived together. I think that was one of our show yeah, notes, right. too, yeah, right. which is yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so then she does a gunfight starring Kirk Douglas and Johnny Cash about okay. two aging gunfighters in need of money who come to an agreement to organize an actual showdown between them and sell tickets, which is but interesting. That sounds
1: great. <laughs>
0: um and then she was in the movie Cisco Park with Chris Christopherson, Gene Hackman, and Harry Dean Stanton.
1: Oh yeah, we uh, I remember this movie from the Harry Dean episode. This one sounded interesting to me.
0: I also think uh, I found a note which I might have here. I don't know if I wrote it down or not. That she said that Chris Christopherson was one of the she considered the handsomest men that she worked with.
1: Okay, all right.
0: It was like very interesting. Yeah. Um. Where was I? Oh, yeah. Uh, And then she was in a movie called Born to Win with Robert De Niro. So she's like... She's uh,
1: Working with like a lot of the greats, like yeah. right off the bat in her career. Yeah, at, Jack like, Nicholson, Robert young... De Niro, still today considered some of the like best yeah. living actors. You yeah, know? like
0: a lot of these people, like early in their career and everything, which yeah. is interesting. Um, and then in 1973, she was in the movie Little Laura, Big John, based on a true story uh, about the infamous Ashley Gain, who terrorized the southeast in the 1920s. All right. Um, and then we watched this movie, uh, which came out the same year, called The Picks with Christopher Plummer, uh-huh. uh, which I had wanted to watch for a while. I think I put this on my watch list when we watched um, The Silent Partner sure, because yeah. I was just like so in awe of young Chris Plummer. And I was like, fuck, I need to see more of his movies. And so this one sounded interesting. Um, And so I was excited when, you know, this opportunity came up, which, uh, yeah, I think we ultimately thought this was, like, a little boring.
1: Yeah. What this actually builds to was pretty interesting and cool, I thought. Yes. But it takes a while to get there. Yeah. The structure is interesting but odd yeah it it doesn't really like help i don't think like build the tension or pace of the movie i mean
0: it i guess it's not that different from like other kind of noir movies i've seen where it does feel just like a little boring with like the procedural stuff and everything but like sometimes it does have like occult aspects like this one does which was pretty cool but this one also does a thing where it's like a split timeline because karen black is a sex worker who dies at the beginning of the movie and so you're following christopher Plummer as he is investigating her murder as you're also watching her like a few days like leading up to her death yeah Yeah. um it's it's one of those things
1: where we talked about this afterwards where it's like it never really feels like Christopher Plummer is, like, actually finding anything out. No, like, he's just, we... like, slapping
0: people around yeah, and stuff. Like, and... We keep
1: finding stuff out yeah. because we keep seeing this backstory. Yeah. But he's never uncovering any of that. Yeah. And <laughs> so it's, like, it just, it feels weird. I don't know. And you like... get to the
0: end and he, like, is, like, figu- he's figured it out. And I'm, like, wait, but what did he figure out and how? Like, yeah, I have yeah, yeah, no yeah. idea yeah. how he got any yeah. of this information. Yeah. And maybe that's, too, just I had trouble, like, uh, you know, following it because I was a little board, so uh, i think yeah, you they just too out. but like uh she and christopher Plummer are like the best parts of this They're i think so she's fantastic she's awesome. uh one of the notes i have here because she uh is also like playing like a heroin addict yeah. in this and she like did talk to like former heroin addicts okay. to try to like get an idea of like what that journey was like mm-hmm. and i thought she did a really great job of playing this like interesting complex oh. character that like I think because there's a religious aspects to, to uh, religious aspects to this movie, and so she's also kind of like dealing with like uh, her relationship with religion right. and trying to like get her friend to stop taking heroin, even though she's still taking it. Mm-hmm. It's like there's a lot of interesting like character development for her, and I like the idea of. Uh, you know letting the dead girl speak more often in movies Uh, like oh, yeah. that's why I like uh, Firewalk with me so much and mm-hmm. so I did also like that aspect of this too where it's like yeah like she isn't just some like dead sex worker like you see on every episode of like SVU right. or something like she actually is a person that has like a backstory and yeah I, I think that part of it's like interesting but yeah. Um we also like just had trouble finding a good copy too so we watched this on YouTube and it's like very grainy and like a little hard I was to watch. Say, to be
1: fair to the movie it yeah. was a little bit difficult to watch and like 25% of it is in French that's being untranslated Yeah
0: cuz yeah it's like French Canadian so yeah. Yeah, and it's, like, like, it's always in the background. I guess it doesn't really feel like we're ever missing, like, important information, but also hard to say.
1: Yeah, because, like, all of a sudden, in the middle of a scene, Christopher Plummer will just switch to speaking French to people. And it's, like, yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But, uh yeah damn Christopher Plummer looking so fine oh yeah
1: <laughs> young young Chris Plum is uh pretty good
0: there's also a thing too with her where I think Karen Black uh, does like crazy pretty well cause she has a very unique looking face mm-hmm. but it's interesting also seeing her in roles where they're making her to be like beautiful because mm-hmm. she also does have like I, I see this like sex appeal mm-hmm. and like that she is this very like beautiful woman that carries herself and is like very strong on screen that's like one of the reasons I liked this performance a lot where I was like, oh, like, I'm glad I get to see this side of her because I feel like I, I kind of usually see her playing like the crazy side of things. I was going to
1: say she's playing like a grounded version of yeah. a l- stuff that later will become like a little more camp. Y- yeah. You know what I mean? For sure. And it's impressive to me that she can do both so well.
0: Yeah. Uh, sh- After this, she was in The Outfit with Robert Duvall, uh, right. about a-, a man who robs a bank owned by the mob, serves his prison time, and is released only to start a private war against the crime outfit that owned the bank.
1: <laughs> All right. Sounds like a crime movie. Yep. End.
0: Um, and then she's in a comedy called Rhinoceros with Gene Wilder, which I had never heard of, no. about a boozing young man in love with his co-worker who finds that everyone around him, even his pompous and condescending best friend, is changing into a rhinoceros.
1: Wait, what? That's, okay. The fuck?
0: <laughs> like, I feel like I, I haven't seen a ton of Gene Wilder's like, comedy stuff. Uh, yeah, I mostly And there's some weird th- ones out there.
1: I've only but... seen them in the context of either... Uh, you know, uh, Mel Brooks or his work with, um uh oh, why can't I think of his name now? Um, the comedian that we like so much that was in uh, Car Wash. Richard Pryor. Oh, yes. They mm-hmm. co-starred in like a bunch of movies yep. together. Those are like the only two contexts that I really know him in.
0: Yeah, I agree. Um, And then in 1974, she was in The Great Gatsby, which I saw in like high school. Uh, and this is the Robert Redford, uh, sam waterston and mia farrow uh, great gatsby
1: i've never seen this one
0: it's pretty good i feel like as i get older i like the great gatsby as a story less and less uh-huh. i feel like it was a story that i liked a lot when i first read it and was very moved by and i don't know just with like it's you know capitalist like undertones and mm-hmm. stuff i'm just like it's like ho- i'm like okay and i feel like there's been like it's been like pretty overdone. Uh, but I, I mean, Robert Redford, it like is at his prime in this movie and he looks fucking great.
1: Yeah. He was an incredible looking guy. Yeah.
0: Like, Oh my God. It's insane how good looking he was. Uh, and so I really like him in this role and like even young Sam Waterston is real fun. But, uh, it is funny because like, I didn't think about this until I was putting the notes together that Karen black plays Myrtle, who is the person that, um, Daisy's husband is having an affair with and right. she's like in the book portrayed as kind of this like batshit wild card that you're just like god I fucking like hate Myrtle really
1: batty, like, lady, yeah right?
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, you're just like oh she's so annoying and then she dies and you're like oh yes she was so annoying <laughs> but then I was like oh she makes total sense in that role because she does know how to like flip that crazy switch really well yeah, yeah. Uh, and that is oh, 100% Myrtle so <laughs> pretty fun um she then does a movie called Law and Disorder, another comedy. All right. Uh, and then does Airport 1975 starring Charlton Heston. I'm going
1: to get you to watch one of these airport movies one of these times. <laughs> like, everybody we've done is in one of these fucking yeah. airport movies. I we're mean, gonna watch one.
0: I just, like, I just forgot about these. I mean, <laughs> I you just let me, like, tell you what I wanted to watch this time around. You didn't. Put it. <laughs> so next time we can watch uh, an airport movie when it yeah. comes up. Um, and then in 1975, uh, she was in Trilogy of Terror, which is one of the big things that I think I know her from and a lot of people know her from. I didn't realize that it was a TV movie um, mm-hmm. until like after we had watched it. Uh, and they are, uh, oh man, what's his name?
1: Oh, uh, Dan Curtis, right? Uh,
0: the pers- The short stories that they're all based on oh. are written by... I have his name here. Oh, Richard Matheson. Right, Richard Matheson. Uh, yeah. Which I did not realize, actually, um, until rewatching it with you this time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's like, uh, I like this one because it's Karen Black starring in all of these. And they're all like, you know, it's like a creep show. It's yeah. uh, just, you know, three different short Anthology stories. Format. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's pretty fun, and I liked it a lot uh, on this reviewing. And the
1: idea of, like, I've never seen that before, where the, like, kind of the concept of the anthology, the thing that it, the the thread Mm -hmm. between them is just the main actress is the same actress every time, but playing, like, again, really getting to show off, like, she's playing very different characters in all three of these, um, and I think is, like, really good in all three of these. Yeah, really Um, great. Uh, you know, I think it's like a really fun I, I, I wish we could see that more. I wish somebody would do a Nicolas Cage anthology movie where, you know, it's like three <laughs> yeah. different Nicolas Cage stories, you know, like, yep, that would be a lot of fun. I, mm-hmm. you know, I think this is like a pretty great concept. And Dan Curtis is a director I really like. I think we're going to get to talking about him again mm-hmm. uh, this episode. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, it's like a good looking fun. I like the first and the third segment the most. The second one was like a little boring for me.
0: Yeah, which for some reason I I feel like I forgot about the first segment and, and only in my head remembered the last two, and so I was excited because I actually think the first one is probably my favorite. The first one's great. I, it's really really good. Yeah. I think the last one everyone talks about because it's this crazy like puppetry yeah. and like uh yeah the, the effects the, on the effects third are, are just wild, very
1: fun and crazy.
0: Yeah, one of the notes I have is that. Um, I think this was, like, Matheson thought this was, like, one of his scariest stories. Um, so, he wanted to adapt it himself because he, like, knew. So, okay. I guess he also, like, worked on this, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, they also said that the crew trying to, like, it's a Zuni doll. Uh, the crew that was, like, making it come to life kept laughing throughout the thing because, <laughs> it like... Bits of it just kept falling off, like its arms and its <laughs> head and everything, which is uh, very funny to me. Um one of the things that I thought was interesting, uh, Chad Foster plays, uh, Chad Foster is a character in the first one played by Robert Burton. Uh-huh. Uh, he's that lead that we kept being like, is it Chad or Chet? I yes, can't, yes. I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. Um, that was Karen Black's husband at the time. Okay,
1: I, that, I like that though. That makes sense to me. That dude was like, I was like, yeah, I'm into this guy. He's like.
0: But it's funny too, because he's playing a college student yeah. and she's playing like the older professor that he's trying to seduce. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so you're just, so then I was like, oh, what the fuck? They were married during uh, this as well. But then, like, by the time it actually came out, uh, they were already divorced. They were divorced, okay. I'm um, like, very interesting relationship yeah. there.
1: I mean, good for her, though. I thought that guy was, like, a hunky, like, pretty good, yeah, baby man guy. I'm like,
0: yeah, Karen yeah. Black. <laughs> um... She then does a movie called The Day of the Locusts with Donald Sutherland and Burgess Meredith, okay. uh, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, and then she was in the movie Nashville, directed for- by Robert Altman. Totally
1: forgot she's in Nashville. Nashville is a great movie.
0: I have zero interest in watching Nashville. Oh, man.
1: It's cool because like all the actors wrote their own songs as their characters.
0: Oh, okay. Cause that's a note I had about her, but that I guess is something that was It's like throughout.
1: everybody in it is doing gotcha. that. And so it's really cool. It's like, I think one of the Carradines is in it playing one of the musicians mm. and does a really interesting song. Okay. Um, and like tons of like uh, young Jeff Goldblum is in this movie. Mm. Um, uh, the Wife in the Shining. Why can't I think of her name right now? Shelly DeVal. Shelly yeah. Um Yeah, she's in this movie really good. Nashville's a good movie. It's really fun.
0: Yeah, I know. It's just like, I it's feel like. It's probably not your thing. Yeah, yeah, you know, I'm like, right. sure, it's good, yeah, but I'm yeah. just like, nah. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the note I had, that was she wrote the songs Memphis and Rolling Stone, uh, which she performed in character in the yeah, movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. and as a result was nominated for uh, a Grammy Award for her Album of Best Original Score, written for a motion okay, picture. Okay, that's so cool.
1: That's yeah. awesome.
0: Um, so yeah, like, it also is interesting, like, her uh, singing chops being a big part of her acting performances, too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Definitely recommend Nashville to people, um, I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah.
0: Um, in 1976, she was in a crime drama called *Crime and Passion*. <laughs> yes. And then was in the film *Family Plot* with Bruce Stern, and uh, which was directed by Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, it was actually his one. last last movie. Whoa. Uh, which I thought was pretty interesting.
1: I would like to see that. I like Bruce Stern. I like Alfred Hitchcock.
0: Yeah, so Family Plot's about a phony psychic uh, slash con artist and her taxi driver slash private investigator boyfriend who encounter a pair of serial kidnappers while trailing a missing heir in California. Okay. Um, yeah, kind of interesting. Yeah, um, yeah I, I think it's very cool that she got a chance to work with Hitchcock because uh, yeah. uh, like, that was like the end of his career and her career was like kind of just blossoming at this time. So yeah, I think yeah. that's awesome. That is cool. Um, and then she was in the movie Burnt Offerings, which we talked about recently because we uh, did Oliver Reed yes. a few episodes back. And she uh, is
1: his co-star in this movie.
0: What a wild An insane couple.
1: combination of people. Yes. Yeah.
0: Really wild. In, I mean, they're both really good like, in this movie. In a
1: great movie, yeah, that yeah. I think serves both of them, like, really, really well.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, him as, like, this, like, kind of weird, like husband figure and then her being this woman that's like kind of being overtaken by like the ghost of this house and everything Like all of that like really works well yes. and she gets to kind of be like one part like this, like wife, like loving, like normal wife at the beginning, and then like kind of losing her mind towards the end. Yes. Um. Yes. Yeah. They're they're both really fun in it together. It's so weird to th- I one I want to rewatch this again just because now that we've talked about both of these people, I'm like, God, those personalities together <sighs> is actually really wild. <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: and this is another Dan Curtis movie. This is the yeah. guy that did Trilogy of Terror, and uh, it is like. One of my favorite, you know, kind of quote-unquote haunted house movies. Yeah,
0: I really like this one. Yeah,
1: it has some great shit in the finale where it just, like, really starts to go off the rails and has some really cool, like effects and and i think like truly frightening ideas yeah like when they're trying to drive away from the house and the house just won't let them leave i think that is so scary
0: yeah that like that like really uh gets my anxiety in a weird way where i'm just like oh god imagine not being able to just leave (laughs) yes Yeah, yeah yeah um
1: yeah this movie rocks
0: Yeah, and, I mean, it has a good cast, too, just, like, with other people. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Betty Davis is in this movie, uh, but reported that uh, there were, like, conflicts with Black, uh, feeling that Black did not extend her an appropriate degree of respect, (laughs) and that her behavior on the film set was unprofessional.
1: Yeah, Um, I mean, I don't know. I kind of imagine just putting her and Oliver Reed in a room probably just creates a whole lot of toxicity that, yeah. You know, extends outward everywhere, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like I'm like that probably wasn't the most fun film yeah, set yeah, to be yeah, on, yeah. but that's just my impression. Uh-huh um in 1977 she's in a tv movie called the strange possession of mrs oliver it's a good title uh a housewife is sick of her normal routine and makes all sorts of odd changes to her appearance uh her hair wardrobe makeup um she creepily soon starts to take on a different personality of a lady who has died five years prior <laughs>
1: okay i mean that's sounds kind sounds like of something interesting be good at
0: um yeah but like that's a great title because it like is a giallo title yeah for totally. sure. yeah, yeah. Um, then she's in an action-adventure movie called Capricorn One, starring Elliot Gould, O.J. Simpson, and James Brolin.
1: I've always wanted to see this movie. By the way, she plays a character named Judy Drinkwater. <laughs> That's real.
0: Good advice. Good. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... Uh, seems like such a weird cast of people again too even just thinking like Elliot Gould and O.J. Simpson in a movie together I was like what the fuck
1: Sam Watterson's in this too oh yeah Uh, Hal Halbrick. yeah uh, this is interesting I would like to see this
0: yeah so many people Um, in 1978 she's in a crime drama called The Squeeze with Lee Van Cleef
1: oh I love Lee Van Cleef
0: Um, And then in 1979, she's in the movie Killer Fish, which I realized I have watched because there is a uh, Mystery Science Theater episode about it. Um, When it got rebooted a couple of years back, they did Killer Fish. And so that's one of the ones I watched. Um, And it's like pretty fun. I mean, it's like it's dumb. I mean, I feel like it is a very good movie to watch with the MST3K format because I think that that helps digest some of these movies that are like a little bit more on the boring side. We were just like, Oh God. Yeah. Uh, and so like having like them, like have like good quips and jokes and stuff just kind of makes it move. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like I remember her being good. It's a lot of like, uh, you know, they're criminals and you know, they're doing all this, like, you know, uh, you know, wheeling and dealing in the background and double crossing while there's also this killer fish plot going on. So it's just like a lot where I'm like, oh, it's like part crime stuff, part just like there are fish in the water that want to eat you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But, you know, definitely an interesting part of just like this, uh, you know, Anna, anaconda and uh, piranha and like all of this uh... it's,
1: the, it's the jaws fall out
0: yeah, yeah for yeah. sure i just always think the fish is such a funny <laughs> yeah. uh like yeah sharks are scary but what if it was a bunch Killer of fish, fish. <laughs> yeah. um and then she was in a movie called the last word with martin landau and richard harris okay and then we get to her career in the 80s. Uh, so for TV, she was, of course, in Murder, She Wrote, like everyone else. Uh-huh. Uh, and Miami Vice. Like everyone else. Yep. yep. Uh, and then, yeah, she did a lot of, like, drama, like, TV movies in the 80s. A lot okay. of that I cut just because I, like, di- didn't find it that interesting to yep. talk about. Yep. No offense. Um In 1981, she was in the movie Separate Ways, about a wife unhappy in her marriage who begins an affair with an art student, unaware that her husband, a race car driver, is also having an affair. Oh, shit. So many affairs.
1: They're going their separate ways. I get it.
0: (laughs) Uh, She's then in Chanel Solitaire, which is a Coco Chanel biopic with Rucker Howard.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Also an interesting combination of personalities. So
0: many of these people crossing paths. I'm like, all right. Uh, In 1982, she was in the film "Come Back to the Five and Dime, Jimmy Dean, Jimmy Dean, directed by Robert Altman. Yeah, Uh, uh,
1: and that's who directed Nashville. Yeah. So he must have liked working with her.
0: And it also starred Cher, which I thought was uh, interesting.
1: This is that, like, five-year period in the 80s where Cher was in, like, tons of movies.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then she was in the last horror film, which I know we want to watch because um, I, I think Liz- Isabel Johnny was also in this. Bunch uh, of people are in this yeah, yeah, but they're all like uncredited. Yeah. So I don't really know like what the deal is right. with their involvement in this movie, but it's one that we've uh, wanted to watch for a while. So we should just uh, just it? give that a shot. Yeah. Um, In 1984, she was in the film Cut and Run, about a reporter and her cameraman connecting a surviving Jonestown leader and a a TV exec's missing son to a drug war uh, where jungle installations are being massacred by an army of natives and a skilled white assassin. What
1: the are you it was talking a lot about of
0: stuff. I, like I was kind of, just like, what, Jonestown? This is interesting, and yeah. then it's actually not about yeah, Jonestown. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Very strange. Uh, in
0: 1985, she was in a comedy called Miss Wright with Margot Kidder.
1: Okay, I would watch it for the two of them together. Yeah. That's interesting.
0: And then she was in Martin's Day with Richard Harris. Okay. Yeah. Um, she was then in a movie called Eternal Evil about a... Uh, a person that directs tv commercial who learns about astral projection okay. uh he has an out of body experience during his sleep and his dad in law and doctor die mysteriously okay um and she was then in a movie called Savage Dawn with Richard Lynch.
1: That's a good title.
0: Uh, about a vicious biker gang intent on destroying a small town in Arizona. Uh, a war veteran visiting an old friend and a few locals with nothing to lose go to war with the gang's ruthless leader. Hey,
1: that sounds great. I'm fucking adding that to my yeah. list.
0: Uh, And then in 1986, she was in a movie called Flight of the Spruce Goose,
1: which I put on
0: here because George Romero is also in this movie, which I didn't think about Romero as an actor really.
1: You mean you didn't put it on here just cuz it's called Flight of the Spruce Goose?
0: I mean, I That's I mean it's I an hated. insane uh, insane title, but I was also just excited about George Romero. Yeah, I
1: don't I don't think of him as an actor either. I don't know if it, have I ever seen him in anything? Does he pop up in his own movies? I don't know. I don't know. Uh
0: Pittsburgh miner kidnaps a model and drives her to Hollywood to see Howard Hughes's plane, the Spruce Goose.
1: Okay, <laughs> weird.
0: Such a strange film. Yeah. Uh, I I kinda Want to see it though, yeah. Uh, and then she was in the film Invaders for Mars, which was a remake of a film from the 50s, uh, that was directed by Toby Hooper,
1: yeah. Um, and I've seen the, the 50s version of this, I actually watched it earlier this year, not, yeah. not for any reason other than mm-hmm. I just did. And then we happened to watch uh, this one, so it was kind of cool to get to see the original one kind of back to back with this one, yeah. Uh, give me some context for this one, which is interesting, which is just like. It's not, like, a shot-for-shot shot remake or anything, but it very much, like, follows the beats of the original. I mean, it was
0: interesting, because, like, we watched it for, like, a minute or two, and then you were just like, oh, this is definitely, like, a remake. Because, like, they were just doing so much already that yeah. you were like, yep, okay.
1: Yeah, like, the especially, like, the first, like, 10 15 minutes of the movie are, like, pretty much exactly the same yeah. to my memory. Um, and they they stray away from some stuff as it goes mm. on or whatever, but... The weird thing is that, like, that means one of the main issues with the original movie is also true of this movie, which is that it's just, like, kind of slow. Yeah. Um, even though I liked this one better than the 50s one, this one is just, like, really colorful. Yeah. Um, has crazy puppet creature effects. Yeah. Uh, where the where you know the '50s one is just like people in makeup and stuff. Yeah. Um, the- well,
0: I didn't expect it also to be like Invader somers. I'm like, oh, okay, it's like an alien movie, and it's another body snatcher's movie because right. yes. that's like just a fucking thing where there are so many of these body snatcher movies. Yes.
1: Yep. And and you know, again, like another one from the '50s. It's like it's yeah. just another like red scare metaphor or whatever. And mm-hmm. I, it, what's interesting is like Hooper's movie doesn't seem to be doing anything to like update any of that. Like no. it just is. It's just doing that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it, it's having fun in a way that, in my memory, the original one is not. The original one is like, I if I remember it, right, like takes itself fairly seriously. Yeah. And this one has a lot more fun. It, it's like it is allowing some of these characters. I mean. As they sort of portray themselves as aliens, they're pretty funny. It's, you know, and it allows them to be like kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, So I I enjoyed it. I I thought it was pretty good.
0: Yeah. I feel like uh, this is one of the movies where I was surprised how little they utilized Karen Black, just given who she is and the work she's even done up to this point. Like, I feel like there's a reason you cast her in your movies. She's like
1: second build up top. Yeah. yeah.
0: Uh, and it just but one of the things that is interesting so we talked about how the kid is really good in it yeah, his yeah. name is Hunter Carson and that is one of her son that is her son oh. I think she has a daughter too but, Okay. Uh, that is her son and he's also the boy from Paris Texas holy
1: shit okay yeah, yeah. he was great in this yeah. movie I thought Uh,
0: but it makes sense that like I guess it's like interesting like them being in they this movie together, together
1: then too. Uh, yeah.
0: yeah and so that kind of works considering like the boy's actual mom is not a big part of the movie because right. she gets like snatched uh, yeah, pretty yeah. early on and so she's like surrogate mom through the rest yes. of it um so i mean, part of that like kind of made sense to me but i was also like oh i wonder if like this was just a thing where she like did it to like do this with her son or something yeah, yeah. um
1: yeah because her role is like is significant and and like she there's a there's like a chunk of the movie where she's yeah. like very important it's like a it's like a half hour of the movie yeah. basically like right in the middle and then she's like not really involved yeah. again anymore.
0: I mean, she is the coolest school nurse because she just yes. stands up to all the evil teachers. Yes, I, yes. I was a big fan of that. Yeah,
1: yeah, um, yeah. I, I thought this movie was pretty fun.
0: Yeah, there's a yeah, there's some pretty fun stuff in it. Um, oh, and then right after that, she was in 1987. She was in It's Alive three. Island of the Alive which we also watched.
1: <laughs> yes we did. Uh, which I've seen the first one. I've not seen the second one. Yeah. I, I don't know if I'm missing some vital information from that movie. But, uh, I didn't feel like I didn't it. feel like I was. <laughs> Felt like Larry Co- Cohen knew I might just yeah. be watching It's Alive 3 without having seen any other It's Alive. They did
0: reference the first one because yeah. they t- mentioned something about one of these babies uh, working its way through the tunnel systems. Right. And I remember that being for some reason in my head I I Remember that being a big part of the first movie where the baby's like in the sewer and they're like going after it. Uh, And I was like, oh, that's like an interesting, I guess, callback to the first one. But yeah, I was like, okay. So yeah, like the whole thing with It's Alive is that it's just this one baby that is like. evil or yeah, a like monster or something monster baby. um and then it seems like the second one is like oh this is a thing where all of a sudden people are giving birth to these like monstrous babies it's like a
1: pandemic it's spreading yeah. somehow
0: and then the third one is like we're kind of dealing with it as a society like what do we do with these babies but that's like half the movie and then the rest of the movie is like just like some weird like they go to Florida. <laughs>
1: there's a lot of silly shenanigans in this movie yeah. that are just kind of like padding out the runtime. Yeah, and it's one of those weird movies where there's like there's not really any like bad scenes. They're all like kind of entertaining and yeah. weird in their own ways. But like the overall kind of cumulative of it is like a little scatter shot. And yeah, because the know.
0: beginning's pretty wild. Like yeah. I thought it was like a great opener. Me too. Um, and the con, I mean, that's the other thing that's really unfortunate is that. It- from the title, you're like, yes. Oh, we're gonna go to an island yes. of mutant babies yes. and that's fucking wild. And that is true. You go there, yep. but for like five minutes of yes. the movie yeah. and they then
1: immediately come yeah. back to land and then spend most of the movie in Florida. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Which I'm just like, why why are yeah. we doing this? Yeah. Why do we call it this? Yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. But yeah, like the you know, the creature baby things are pretty fun yeah. and uh, you know, there's some good like kills and There's
1: like inexplicable gang wars that happen yeah. in the middle of it like there's <laughs> oh <laughs> you know I saying? forgot
0: like all of a sudden like people were just fighting and I was like did I miss like yeah. did I black out we for both 10 were minutes like,
1: what is happening right now
0: oh it was so weird yeah. oh and then the lead uh actor in this movie is giving like the weirdest performance yes. ever like because he it he and Karen black are the parents of one of these mutant babies yeah. and he's like the spokesperson of like we need to like treat these babies humanely cuz yeah. they're they're our children That's and they're son. human yeah um But it's very obvious that all of this has, like, made him lose his mind. And so he's just, like, kind of quietly crazy the whole movie. He's, slowly
1: going crazy throughout the movie to the point where, like, he starts just, like, saying absurd shit in the middle of, like, a scene.
0: (laughs) They're, like, there's a scene where all of the people going on this expedition to the baby island are, like, trying to figure out their game plan. And he just starts singing a sea shanty (laughs) in the middle of their meeting. And they keep trying to talk over him. Until people get increasingly pissed off and they just walk away, but like it goes on for so yeah. long that it just like made me laugh out loud. Like I couldn't help but be yeah. so amused by it. Yeah,
1: it's a really weird movie. I, I yeah, like, I wish I liked it more. And I actually feel like maybe if I watched a marathon of the It's Alive trilogy, I'd appreciate yeah. it a little more. You yeah. Know? Um, but uh, there's definitely some just like weird funny shit in it. And Karen Black is good in this movie, but it is another movie that I think kind of like underutilizes her. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it is so focused on the husband or not even husband, but father character. Yeah um, and she's just she's like she's the ex-wife. She's like, you know. Yeah, cuz they're
0: like separated yeah. and but like it keeps hap- like they keep going back to visit her in Florida yeah. and then yeah, it's like the baby is seeking her out, which is how she becomes part of like right. the second act of the film, yes. but yeah, it's like another one where you're just like she like gets to be a little more over the top and kind uh-huh. of crazy in this, but uh it still is just like why why are you here? Yeah, like yeah. why why are you not utilizing Karen Black in this? Yeah. Um Oh, I did have a note here that I thought was funny because Karen Black uh, worked on that Alfred Hitch- Hitchcock movie. Uh, Cohen would tease her uh, with a Hitchcock impression saying she led him to retirement and heavy <laughs> drinking.
1: <laughs> Great.
0: <laughs> Which I was like, that's just is like such an w- interesting insight into who Larry Cohen is. Yes. Yeah. Um, And then, yeah, the last movie uh, that I have here for her 80s career is in 1988. It's called Out of the Dark. I forgot to mention this one to you because I do really want to see it. It's about um, beautiful young women who work at the offices of a phone sex company are being stalked by a psychopathic killer.
1: Okay, yeah, that sounds rad.
0: Right? I'm like, all of that really works for me. So I'm like... A little bit bummed that we did not uh, watch that one, but I have added it to my watch list for us to hopefully find uh, at uh, some point.
1: A good title, too.
0: Yeah, it is a good title. I think I even liked, I think the poster was, like, pretty cool, too. So, I was like, ooh, yeah, I definitely want to check this out. Man,
1: I opened up, like, eight tabs here of, like, more movies I want to see of hers just from talking about these.
0: Yeah, I mean, she has done so much that it was actually, I felt, like, kind of hard figuring out what to actually watch. uh Because, yeah, yeah. yeah, some of it... so so much of it sounds like it could be really interesting
1: I thought we made good choices as far as just like the range of like what she kind of does as an actress where she can be this like really kind of like campy heightened version of Nuts but she can also be like a pretty like I don't know like toned down and real version of it too and, and, like, she doesn't always play nuts, either. Like, in Invaders from Mars, she gets to be this just, like, cool-ass yeah, lady that is, like, really helpful to this kid. Yeah, you she's know? the
0: one person listening yeah. to the kid. Um, yeah, and, I mean, it's also interesting, too, just because I feel like usually when we do uh, split episodes like this, uh, you know, we usually save, like, the 70s or 80s for, like, one episode or the other. Yeah. So, like... She does so much more, uh like there's yeah, yeah. a lot of stuff in the nineties that That's why we split it here i think is gonna be the back
1: half of the career is like yeah. stacked with stuff
0: yeah. uh yeah, like shockingly so um, and there's a couple that i'm uh pretty excited to check out uh so yeah, we will uh we'll have plenty of interesting things to talk about next time
1: yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it um is there uh is there anything to plug or no yeah, no. Okay.
0: You know, follow us on things.
1: Yeah, find us on uh, Twitter. Yep. It's Podcast, And, uh, you know, uh, look up Movie John. J-A-W-N. Yeah,
0: the pre-orders are available for the fall edition, which will come out in November. So you should definitely check that out. I'll yeah. have my first uh, piece yeah. in the zine, which I'm excited about. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, I'm excited to read it, too. because uh, We watched a very fun movie for it that I'm yeah. excited to read about. Yeah, it should be cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, filmadelfia. That's with an F. Uh, find my Letterboxd there as well, Uh Follow me on there. I love Letterboxd. And um, yeah, I think that's it. Nice. You're on Instagram.
0: I'm on Instagram. Yeah, you can follow me there. I, you know, post about movies and, and things. Yeah. Occasionally I do pairings of movies and books that I think uh, work well together. and oh yeah, uh, like to yeah. yeah.
1: All right. Uh, ready to get out of here? Yeah, right. buzz. Buzz, buzz.